You're listening to Conversation with the Experts, a Royal Children's Hospital Education Hub podcast. Hi, my name is Nicholas Spice. I'm a nurse practitioner at the Royal Children's Emergency Department and also an education fellow for the Education Hub. Today we have Dr. Karen Dunn, a paediatrician and an emergency consultant at the Royal Children's Hospital ED. Today we'll be talking about rashes and a particular type of rash that can make people quite anxious and quite nervous, both clinicians and parents. That'll be bruising, petechiae and pipura. Welcome, Karen. Ah, thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me along. You're right, this is an interesting topic to talk about. Bruising and petechiae or purpura are not infrequent presentations to the emergency department. They may be a sign of a serious illness or a serious problem. When they present to triage, the nursing staff at triage who are seeing the child are often very concerned about the presence of bruises, petechiae or purpura. Mm. They are all similar, aren't they? Um, they seem like they're all bleeding under the skin, but how do they look different between bruising, petechiae and pipura? First of all, we'll think about bruising, because bruising is something that everybody's familiar with. So a bruise is where you've had a, say, trauma to the skin, and the skin is intact, but underneath the blood vessels have been squashed. And when those blood vessels have been squashed and damaged, the blood that was in them has leaked out and leaked under the skin, causing that discoloration that you see. Mm -hmm. And we all know about bruises. We've had bruises ourselves. And if we have children, we've seen them when they've fallen over or bumped into things. They haven't broken the skin, but there's a bruise underneath the skin. Mm, I have a two-year-old and shins are completely covered with bruises. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And then petechiae, think of petechiae as that there is bleeding that's coming from the very tiny vessels, say from the capillaries. So normally there might be little small amounts of damage in the capillaries but are plugged over by platelets, which are in the blood, and other clotting factors. And if there is a lack of platelets or there's some increase in pressure within those small capillaries, then the blood can leak out through small holes in the blood vessels, causing tiny little petechiae on the skin. So these kind of look like really tiny red spots. So they're typically, well, they're called by definition less than two millimetres big. And then purpura are bigger than two millimetres. So they're a similar reddish, purplish colour, but they're larger spots, so they're bigger than two millimetres, and they might even be a collection of petechiae mm. that can occur around the body. Mm, two millimetres, that is, that is quite small. Um, are they pretty tricky to find sometimes? Yeah, you often have to look closely to find petechiae, but you might even find some on your cells, but you know, one or two petechiae, we're not often concerned about, but it's when you start seeing a collection of petechiae that you're then starting to think, what's the significance of these? Mm. So using my two-year-old as an example, if my two-year-old presented to ED and either in triage or when you're examining the child, you notice that they had either bruising or pipura or petechiae, 
What is your approach to the child? When I'm looking at a child is to say, are they sick or not sick? And the features of being unwell, which is probably another topic for a big podcast, but, um, you know, the child who's lethargic might be pale, who's poorly responding, could be tachycardic, could be febrile, could be tachypneic, tachycardic, those features that you're thinking an experienced clinician looks at the child and says, this child looks sick. So, and, and if we look at those children, then they're going to go immediately into a resuscitation area or high acuity area, and you're going to start the work up there. And Karen, what about the child that's not really that unwell, that doesn't have to go straight to resus? What are the, what's the approach for this child? So the first thing I do is always to take a history. And I'm wanting to know exactly what happened. I want a timeline. When did the rash start? When did the bruising or the petechiae of the purpura start? What were the associated features? Was there fever? Was the child coughing? Had they been uh, sitting in a car seat where there might have been um, a tight belt sort of um, putting pressure on one of the blood vessels over the groin? Have they had any recent bleeding from anywhere else? Are they on any medication? It's really sort of a general extensive story, but particularly you're wanting to know, like, you know, if we go, say, looking at bruising, does the mechanism of the bruising fit with what you're seeing? So I'm thinking there is that any child who is not mobile, who has bruising, that's a big red flag for me because those children don't tend to get bruises from incidental bumping into things like your two-year-old, for example. Mm. You know, they're pretty wrapped up and carried around. Unless you've got a very good story of a child who rolls around everywhere and crashed into the wall, then you might think which body part would have collided or, you know, a child who's just starting to crawl, but then you'd expect that they might bump their head. So you have to put your common sense hat on and so, think, you know, well, what can this child do and does the story seem plausible? Yeah, so it depends on the age of the child, the patterns or the locations of the bruises. So they're very young. You wouldn't expect them to have bruises on, you know, the same parts as, a, let's say, my toddler who's climbing on everything and jumping off everything. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then you're thinking which parts of the body. So it's very unusual to find bruises on the trunk in children because mm. it's their limbs and their head, particularly the forehead, that's going to strike a surface if they have an accidental fall. So there are bruises that ring alarm bells for me, particularly bruises on the trunk, around the lower part of the face, or there are multiple bruises that you're trying to think, how can this child have fallen over so many times to have achieved so many bruises? And NAI, or non-accidental injury, is in our minds a lot of the time, especially with these types of presentations. Through the emergency department, the child doesn't just see us, they see many different people. So from the clerical staff to the triage nurse to the clinician, radiographer, there's lots of people. So Karen, if 
one of the allied health staff members saw the child and and noticed these these types of lesions that didn't really fit with the age or it just it was something that wasn't quite right. Give a bit of a general approach for how they should proceed. I think everybody who looks after children needs to have their radar up to pick up anything that looks unusual. And people like the radiographer are quite experienced because they've seen many children and done many x-rays and they get an idea of what looks normal and have maybe have their own children to know, understand what's within the normal range. And if they were to see a child covered in bruises, say when they've lifted the top to do a, an x-ray, or they've even just worried about the number of bruises that they're seeing on limbs, then it would be really important for them to raise that with the clinician who's, tr- who's treating the child. All of us in healthcare, and in fact everyone in the community, our job is to look after children. And if we're concerned that they're being harmed, then to raise the question. But we were going back, I think, to petechiae and looking at petechiae and purpura. So, so, you know, we've gone through a detailed story about them and, again, looking for other associated illnesses. And then when I'm examining the child, what I'm looking for is where is the rash? Because you mentioned a tourniquet before. It can be... You know, discreetly where a tourniquet or something that was tight was placed. You also mentioned coughing. Can you explain why you mentioned coughing being a trigger? Yeah, so if you think you're having a coughing spasm, then you're going to have increased pressure in the blood vessels that are supplying your face, like above the level of the thorax. So then you're going to get, you could get petechiae above the nipple line, for example. And you're looking at the distribution. So if you get the distribution of the petechiae above the face and the child has got a history of coughing or vomiting or straining in some other way, then you might think that this is a mechanical cause for the petechiae. Similarly, when you put a tourniquet on the arm and you're going to see petechiae only isolated to that one limb. And so it sounds like there are lots of differential diagnosis for these types of lesions. Um, do you have a bit of a framework? Because, you know, to, to start to systematically, you know, think about them, is there a framework in your head? Yeah. So firstly, I'm thinking distinguishing a bruise from petechiae from purpura, looking at the history. Do we have a history that explains what could be the cause? Looking at the examination. Particularly, I'm thinking, is the bruising or the petechiae coming from some external factor or is it related to some internal factor? Yeah, so the external factors are from trauma or a tourniquet effect or a coughing spasm, so you're actually increasing the pressure in the blood vessels. Um And then an internal factor is a disorder of clotting function or blood vessel integrity. In both the unwell child that goes into recess and the child that you see that you think you need to do some investigations on, which tests do you do? Which are going to be helpful? Obviously, a full blood count is going to be useful 
because you're going to be looking at the platelet count. You'll also want to know if the haemoglobin and the white cells are normal because one of the differentials of a child who has bruising petechiae could be like a bone marrow dysfunction, like a leukemia or other bone marrow dysfunctions. So you're looking at all the cell lines to see if there's any abnormalities there. Plotting factors are also important. So looking at the coagulation pathway to see that that's normal. And then, so those are the specific things. And then you'll be looking at Causes. So then you would think about if this is an infectious cause, you would need the infectious workup, or you're, if you're thinking about um, other associated conditions where you might need to check the renal function, the liver function, for example. Well, there, there can be quite a few conditions that cause this, and you're really tailoring your investigations depending on what you find in the history and the examination. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know, we know that there are many children who present with fever and petechiae to the emergency department that create a lot of concern. And many of them actually have benign conditions. You know, some viruses can cause that pattern. Uh, but, you know, conditions such as ITP, for example, we need to always consider. And as I said, you know, a full blood examination is going to be quite a useful test to look at all the parameters within the, you know, that you get within the full blood picture. Are there any children or conditions that you would consider not to investigate? Yeah, so there are many children that come to the emergency department where the parents have concern about bruising or petechiae. And we have to think, you know, do all of them need investigations? So, for example, if there's a child that comes with bruising on the shins and there's only a couple of bruises and this is a very active two-year-old, say like your child, and this is a normal thing that you would expect to see in their day-to-day activities and they have no other red flags on the history or the examination, then I would really need to seriously consider whether it's worth putting the child through investigations and explaining just explaining to the parents what normal distribution of bruising is. Similarly, if there was a child who had, you know, an isolated collection of petechiae, say on one limb, a good history to say that there was a tourniquet effect on it, then again, you would wonder whether you actually need to do a full blood. That being said, you know, a full blood is, could be done with a finger prick test and a platelet count could be useful. If you've got a good explanation and it's limited and the child's extremely well, then you could rationalise that you could wait and watch. So it sounds like the threshold's pretty low, but if you had any concerns, you would do some basic investigations like a FBC. Yeah, I agree, Nick. Yeah, I would. In the, in the differential diagnosis of purpura, firstly, I mean, we all think about the most severe cause, which is the meningococcal sepsis. And those children tend to look unwell, but that should immediately ring alarm bells and we would proceed down the, uh, down the sort of resuscitation 
pathway, or at least intense investigation pathway for those children. But there are other children that appear quite well with purpura, say purpura on the back of their legs. And do you, what condition would you think of there, Nick? Because you've mm. probably seen this many times. So a well child with you're on the back of the legs, they usually would have you know, tummy pain. Um, I'd be thinking HSP or I think we call it IgA vasculitis these days. When my mind goes to that, there are a couple of other tests that I'd consider doing, such as a, a urine test. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, and, and blood pressure. Yep. You check their blood pressure and their abdomen, and they might also have joint, joint swelling and joint discomfort as well. And there are other conditions that can cause purpura as well under the rheumatologic umbrella that can cause purpuric lesions. So I think, I think if, if you're seeing a child with bruising, particular purpura, and you're really trying to untangle whether, you know, this is a more serious condition, if you're seeing a child with bruising, particular purpura, and uncertain about whether this is a serious condition, there are many resources that you can look up that can give you algorithms and also images. Now, it's often taking pictures of it and comparing it to either images that you see or seeing if uh, one of your go-to people is able to review the images and if you give them the history, they might be able to help with the diagnosis. And there is a Royal Children's Hospital CPG regarding these. So if you're seeing a child with these types of lesions, you can access that on the internet. Pediatric rashes are a common presentation in the emergency department. In particular, pupura, TKI, bruising, causes a lot of worry for both families and clinicians looking after them. But in particular with parents, that is a main driver for them to present to ED. And they can be a sign of, you know, a serious underlying cause. And it's our job to unpack that and identify, is this serious? Do we need to escalate care? Or is it not serious? And can we watch and wait and give good safeguarding? The diagnoses that we have to think about and not miss are leukaemia, clotting disorders, low platelets such as ITP, and non-accidental injury. They would be the key sepsis, meningococcal sepsis, non-accidental injuries. So the bruises are inflicted upon the child rather than it being the result of day-to-day normal child accidental injury ones that I would think about when a child presents with these conditions. And the history and the examination are going to give clues as to whether these conditions can be excluded or not. So if I was a GP or someone practicing outside of the tertiary hospital and I had a patient and I examined them and I I saw some petechiae, do you think I should do? Should I send them into the hospital? Should I order some blood tests? Should I watch them? What do you think? My approach, firstly, would be to take a history and to find out had the mother noticed or the parent or whoever's looking after the child noticed these petechiae? What has the child been doing? 
Are there any? I, I, I actually pull out my list of what are, what are the causes of petechiae. You know, you have a filing cabinet of differential diagnoses in your head and then you pull it out and start going through the history, thinking of those differential diagnoses. And then I'm looking at the child with that, those differentials in mind and examining accordingly. And if your filing cabinet is a, you know, a little bit sparse, are there any resources that you can access? There are lots of resources. So the Royal Children's Hospital Clinical Practice Guidelines is quite a good resource and it's available all over the world. In fact, you can access it for free. And there is a guideline on petechiae, particularly petechiae with fever. And there's a clinical practice guideline on petechiae and purpura. And there's also guidelines on sepsis management and on non-accidental injury. And when you're working in ED on the floor, are you happy to receive calls about this? We receive many calls. And it's important that if you're uncertain, then you seek advice. And whether that advice is that you actually refer to the guideline, because many of the questions that I receive from the phone call, there's actually an answer in the clinical practice guideline. When there is concern about the child and whether you want you know, the GP is wanting to send them into the hospital and they're wondering whether the child should make the journey to the emergency department, then by all means, you can call and ask for advice. Bruising, petechiae and purpura cause a lot of anxiety, not only for parents, but also for clinicians who are seeing a child with these conditions. And the main point that I would like emphasise is that you have to think of those serious conditions. And you have to go through the history, the examination, and if necessary, the investigations to determine, can you rule out those conditions? Have you got a good explanation? And that might mean referring to someone who has more expertise in making the assessment. Well, thank you very much, Karen, for coming today. I think I've learned quite a bit about petechiae, pupura, and bruising. And I think I'm a little bit less nervous about seeing a patient these types of lesions. It's a pleasure, Nick. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for listening to Conversation with the Experts. If you'd like to hear more of our podcasts, check out our other podcast channel, Teach, Think, Treat, where we discuss aspects related to teaching and learning in a busy clinical setting. 